Hello. Hello. Hello to you too, and welcome. Welcome. Welcome to there. Welcome to the Arnithology, the completely unofficial Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast, in which I, Ben Hyten. Hello. Yeah. Hi. And Alex Belardi. That's me. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, are going to watch all of the Arnold Schwarzenegger starring roles or in which we are going to watch let's start again <laughs> yeah do it again um, right from the start really? yeah, yeah I thought so I didn't even mean to talk over you I genuinely thought you were addressing me I'd love to keep all of that in by the way so the film we're going to talk about is Stay Hungry, 1976, directed by Bob Raffleson, starring Jeff Bridges, Sally Field, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger. Yep, that's not better. Um, and a bunch of other people that we'll get into as we go through it. Bob Raffleson, probably most famous for directing a bunch of films with Jack Nicholson, including Five Years Before This, Five Easy Pieces. Uh, Alex. You. How would you describe the story of Stay Hungry? <laughs> um, it's a pretty the classic three-act structure, I think. Uh, great. Good. Um, I did not notice it. To film the three halves. You didn't notice the story. Uh, yeah. And I think that you're using the word story kind of liberally there. There are moments in this film where it turns into something else. I'll just say that for now. Yeah, I think we'll get to that. Yeah, and I think um, that bit where it does turn into something else. Let's skip that in the synopsis. Okay, uh, but um, we open in yeah. Birmingham, Alabama, nineteen seventy-five. Mm. Go. Uh, it 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 begins. It it feels like it's a story about a group of wealthy. Southerners, um, slightly corrupt, if not very corrupt, trying to buy up land for the purposes of building uh, some kind of uh, building. I want uh, to jump in and help you, but yeah, I honestly just, don't know I'm, what was going on. Yeah, there, I'm be being vague because it felt vague. The accents were all over the place. It's something wrong with that at the beginning anyway. Uh, Jeff Bridges is kind of like the main character. Yeah. And essentially what we see, if I'm going to be kind and not start criticising it and jumping in and making fun of it, it is Jeff Bridges' journey into understanding the world of this character, uh, Joe Santos' um, enthusiasm and philosophy around bodybuilding and... So Joe Santos, the Arnold character. Yeah, Schwarzenegger. And his enthusiasm for how he living that life bodybuilding and fun and leisurely and there's things about it that are appealing to the Jeff Bridges character that draws him away from this kind of business deal that he's got himself into which is a bit corrupt and everything that's the so, nicest so, way I could say it it's well, doesn't tell me then where, where yeah. in that does um yeah. does Sally feel fit in yeah so <laughs> she's in it she sure is. Um, and again, I'm. It, I. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, again, I could really, I could take the standpoint of saying I'm not sure what's going on in this story, right? 
But I'm going to try and play the straight man. I'm going to try and defend the film as much as I can sure. before I just jump on side with you and say it's ridiculous in so, on so many levels. Um, You're making a lot of assumptions yeah, there. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, maybe you'll have more to say about it. There are, there are of course, good things. Sally, Sally Field's job, in her character's job in this film, is to... I believe represent how women are treated by it within both worlds. Well, she does have a, a job. Yeah. Her character yeah. has a job. Yeah, she works um, at Joe Santos' gym. As her the... character makes no sense. There's very little. You have to really work hard to uncover what her motivations are, why she's behaving the way she is. She is both Joe Santos and I don't know Jeff Bridges' character's name. Jeff Bridges' love interest. I they fall in love. Hmm. They fall let's get, in love. Let's come back to that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know what else you want from so, me. Okay. So so how far into the film story wise do you think we are? What with what so, I've said? Yeah, thirty minutes. I thought I'd kind of summed it up. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I mean Jeff Bridges's. It's Jeff Bridges's journey into understanding the weightlifting world. Arnie's um philosophy around it or Joe Santos philosophy about staying hungry and you know the the trials and tribulations of being a wealthy southerner having a sort of I guess it's a a, a, a like a love affair with the, the, the world of weightlifting and bodybuilding and that takes him away from the the reality of southern society and you know, bit keeping up appearances and all that. There's a real. That's the only sort of grand theme that I could say is serious about the film, which is trying to show that the discrepancy between those two worlds, right? The world of the gym and the bodybuilding and and you know debauchery, I guess, and then the keeping up appearances of Southern uh, America, North America, Southern culture, right? So, so that, but there's, I think there's another sort of story hook in there, which is. There's a guy that runs the gym that Sally Field Thor. and Arnie walk in. Thor Erickson, yeah. his character is, uh, played by R.G. Armstrong in a terrible, terrible hairpiece. Um, Which is part of the film. And the, it, it, yeah, yeah, it's a plot point. Um, but he, I sort of got the impression that they're really struggling to keep the gym going. Mm. And he's put up a bunch of money for, it's a, is it a... A weightlifting contest. contest? It's a bodybuilding it's contest. A bo- okay, bodybuilding contest. Mm. Um, that's that's going to take place in the third act of the film. And so there's this, this sort of s- struggle to promote Joe Santo, Arnie, uh, as not only this incredible specimen, but sort of use him as a business pawn. Um, and there's lots of scenes of him going to parties and meeting people and being nice and he is actually quite a warm character. Drinking moonshine at one point. Playing the fiddle. Plays yeah. the fiddle a bunch in this film. Does Arnie play the violin? He looked the part. I mean, it didn't look like dumb yeah. dumb mime to me. Something we're going to have to find out. Yeah, so then the the, 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 the problem is, and I think we're just going to have to dive into this, there's a real lack of any central conflict in the first half of the film. <laughs> There's just a bunch of stuff happening. It's an understatement. And it is just a bunch of sort of quite rambling scenes at this really high pitch energy. Like the film's really making an effort to move fast. Yeah. But everyone's performance is like up a little notch too high. 
and drawing from, you in. Apart from Jeff Bridges, who isn't isn't he's, quite he's, that high. He's actually that just point. Jeff Bridges, right? He's just being Jeff Bridges. Yeah, not quite as laconic as he is later on mm. in his career. But um, I think there were several points in the first forty-five minutes of the film where, if I didn't actually say it to you, I was definitely thinking of saying to you, "I haven't got a fucking clue what's you going on." You said it. You yeah, said it. All right, good, because I didn't have a clue what's going on. And I don't mind that so much <clears throat> if I'm having fun. Yeah. So here's the thing: I had seen the movie before, yeah. right? and you, I'd never you, seen it. I'd never, never seen heard it. Of it. Yeah. I don't remember it being as ridiculous the first time I saw it as, as this time. Um, I think I was a kid when I saw it, maybe 14, 15. And it, I, I'm certain we were laughing at it. Right. Um, and there is this one scene that I think when we were watching it, I said it, um, it's its only contribution to cinema. To, cinema, yeah. to cinematography is uh, a scene of maybe 50 odd bodybuilders running in thongs down the streets of... Is it New York? Are they in New York? No, they're in... Of course, Birmingham. Birmingham. Excuse me, Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. And that's it. And all the stuff that's going on. That's it. And that's the thing, is that there's a bunch of stuff in the second half of the film that's so out of nowhere, so out of Mm. left field, and and so, like, wacky, Mm. uh, or just horribly misjudged. I really enjoyed the second half. I thought it was... This is at least entertaining now. But from when on then, the second half? From the moment that it takes that turn, where there that is turn. a sequence. Let's not talk about it yet. Okay, but there is a sequence that feels like they were filming two films at the same time and the editor mixed up the reels <laughs> and put in 15 minutes from the other film that he was shooting. You know, that's that's probably the kindest way of describing what may have happened. Yeah, well, like I said to you, it just felt like they had a bunch of film, and when they put their assembly cut together of the film together, <clears throat> they were running 15 minutes short. Yeah. So they just said, well, let's use a bunch of that stuff so, that we weren't going to use. I mean, on that, you made a comment halfway through, which was it was actually when the moonshine party started. And up until that point, we have only really seen. We've seen scenes that are sort of setting up the plot. That's what we've seen. Mm. and it was like, so here's Arnie, here's the gym, here's everyone, everyone's getting introduced. And then it's like, there, there's some there's some also like trying to establish relationships. So Jeff Bridges has a girlfriend who it's they have a kind loose of, relationship, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing going on, but she's into Arnie, and then they go on a double date. And, and Sally so, Field was sort of knocking about with Arnie because yeah. he works with her. Yeah. And then she's got the hots for Jeff Bridges and, and then they they kind of go off together. So there's a swap going on and it's pretty clear that Arnie's like palming her off onto Jeff Bridges. And and we learn later on that that's part of his philosophy, that he just stay hungry, you know, keep moving forward, don't have any attachments, you know. He can't do that because he has to stay focused on his bodybuilding, which we will learn in subsequent episodes that that's actually part of Arnie's philosophy anyway. Up until the moonshine party, where we've have everything pretty much established, and then we kind of it's trying to move a plot along, mm-hmm. but sort of struggles to um, execute any of the things that it's set up, because it just sort of keeps going into these sort of scenes that are, aren't really evolving characters very much, or yeah, it's aren't just, really. There's no propulsion. Yeah, but so a bit just a bit before that, I said, "What the hell is happening here?" 
And um, and you said something interesting. Say, well, it's what's the director's name? Bob Raffleson. Yeah, it's Raffleson. You said he. It, this is very much like movies of its time. Yeah. You said it's very much like Five Easy Pieces, and even one of the actresses well, is in there. Well, it and... isn't, that, and that's the but problem. the feel that, at yeah, the beginning, that kind of slow paced. There was this thing, sort of in in films of probably a lower budget than this yeah. in the in the late sixties, early seventies of. We know what our scenes are kind of going to be. Let's get some actors again yeah. and have them riffing. Dennis Hopper was good at this. Jack Nicholson was good at this. All of those yeah, guys. Yeah, that kind of almost improv. So it's just like, yeah. you know where you've got to go. Yeah. Just find a way to get there. Yeah, and in Five Easy Pieces, it works. There's no real big storyline in Five Easy Pieces. It's just a bunch of scenes and it's a, a journey. For, but what it does have is really great characters mm. and something to say. Mm. Now, this film isn't lacking for good actors. No. Jeff Bridges, at this point, already quite established yeah. and, you know, a great actor who yeah. we both love. Um, Sally Field is yeah. fine in other yeah. things. Yeah. Um, you've got Robert Englund, who went on to be Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Ed Begley Jr. is in there. He does a good job. Yeah, he's fine. He's Robert got a good part. Yeah, he's England got one of the better roles, I think. And he does well with it. And I have to say at this point, having only... having. We've only had really sort of one army film under our belt, really. One Hercules. Yeah. One film where he's a major role, at least. Yeah. He does a damn sight better job in this film. He like, does. there's no comparison. He's much more relaxed. His English is better. And I think it's because, like you said, he's playing very close to who he is. Yeah. And it comes across that he's more relaxed. And, and, and absolutely genuinely, he is really the highlight in the film for me. When yeah. he's on screen, you kind of go, well, at least he's interesting. The yeah. film isn't still that amazing, yeah. but at least he's interesting. And I, th- I think that's... The film is better made than Hercules in New York, mm-hmm. and Arnie is better in it. Yeah. But I enjoyed Hercules in New York's amateurishness more than the ramshackle approach that this film was taking. Yeah, it's somewhere and in between, Sally right? Sally Field's character annoyed the hell out of me. Wow. And again, just at this really high energy where she's either, I love you so much, or, oh my God, I hate you. And it was really, and maybe that's her character choices, whatever. But again, it feels like she's kind of in a different film to the film that Jeff Bridges is in. And Arnie's in a different film as well. And it's just all of these weird elements in a big soup that doesn't work. The whole film felt drug-fueled. You know, that's how it felt. It felt like... Um, this is the kind of script you would write on cocaine, and it was acted out. On no doubt, some kind there of was bender. Yeah, you I, know, I would go into the credits to look for which person was the drug dealer. Yeah, because there was no yeah. definitely yeah. loads yeah. of whiskey and cocaine behind the scenes yeah. in this one. Yeah, and so and that's and it it felt that way. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the actors were all doing that, but it's just there's something about it felt like it was of its time in a sense that it was. It, it was nuts, really. Mm-hmm. Like, in some... It, it was all over the place. Some of the characters were all over the place. Um, I like that freedom that um, a director will give sometimes to good actors and say, look, here's the scene. We've got to get from A to B. Just try it out. Like, do this stuff. Oh, we don't have any dialogue. Yeah, well, make it up. Like, you know the character, go for it. And I think that that has produced... That style, at least, has produced some of the best moments in cinema and that did not happen in this film it did not happen and that's a shame and and yet you could tell you could feel that that's what they were going through going for in the first half there is none of that 
from a certain moment on, it, it's something else. Bonkers. And I don't know how or it's why. It's a bunch of bonkers stuff. Yeah. And they just had to create some drama out of nowhere. Yeah. So to, to sort of put this in perspective, the, this, I don't even want to call it a story. The film is plodding along. Uh, we're getting to the day before the, the bodybuilding contest. And the, the owner, manager of the gym, um, what's it, er, Thor. Thor Erickson, um, has a little midnight soiree in the gym with his... I thought he was supposed to be slightly special, but you disagreed with me. Yeah, this. okay, but let's just take a step back, okay? So what's happened is these tycoons <laughs> trying to buy out the gym for real estate... Yeah. to build some other bigger building or sell off the land to build a bigger building, whatever. They're trying to make some money, it's obvious. And they're kind of like... They're, they're, they're organised crime, right? It's They're definitely sleazy. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, either, they're either corrupt or yeah. organised crime. They make references to them hey, break, breaking legs or big something Big business, like organised crime. What's the difference? Cool. Yeah, yeah. okay. Just political. I'm down with that. And these guys are, are, are intimidating people. Like th- there's threats throughout. Yeah, they've tried to smash yeah. the place up. Um, but bit. before intimidation, they try seduction. And what they do is they provide Thor Erickson and one of his and one of his uh, gym buddies, I guess, one of yeah. the people that run helps him run it, with some ladies to make sure that they're happy. I don't understand slaves. No, ladies. Ladies of the net. Women. I'm not entirely sure about that. I just think that they're friends. And they say, make sure these guys are happy. And they oh, might... I thought they were definitely hookers. They might compensate them for their time with some money. Just as soon as I saw them, I went, hookers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Probably true. So anyway, R.G. Armstrong and this... I, I don't know the actor's name. He's a black guy. And he was playing slightly off kilter, let's say. I yeah. thought. I thought. Are hanging out, working out, drinking a little bit with these two ladies. Quite a lot. And R.G. Armstrong wants to get his free car yeah. with one of them. So he says, I'm going to have the other one too. Yeah. Why don't you take her in the massage room, get it warmed up for Warmed me. up. It's mm, amazing. What's a little seconds action. Yeah, and for some reason he's like, he's freaking out. I mean, she's a beautiful woman. And he's freaking out. He's saying he doesn't want to do it. So his strategy is he's going to tie her up. Gag her. At, gag her, oil her down. Right, give her a bit of a massage, yeah. and he's just hanging out in there messing around, like like he doesn't want Thor to be mad at him that he didn't have sex with this girl that was offered up to him on a plate. It's it's weird, and it doesn't make any it's sense. Really weird. And then in the and then and at no point during these ten or fifteen minutes do we cut back to the stories of Jeff Bridges, Arnold, no, nope, Sallyfield. It's just all We're in the gym. Between all in the gym, this guy giving a massage to this naked. Uh, prostitute <laughs> in a locked massage room. I'm convinced she's a prostitute but whatever. I am. And and then in the other room, well in the rest of the gym basically, yeah. R.G. Armstrong uh, I get, yeah, humping this other woman in like the in the wet room, yeah, everywhere. on some equipment. Yeah. There's some really weird stuff he's, going he's on. He's hanging her by her feet from something yeah, and like right. poking her with a pole like <laughs> Just get and that's the point swing. that we decide to cut away. Yeah. They cut back to another... And then when we come back, he's kicking the door into the massage room yeah. to make sure that this guy has had sex with this other woman. Yeah. Or he's having sex with her. Yeah. And he's but, getting trying to get undressed and go, yeah, yeah, we're totally doing it. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, and then he just... 
rips her thong off just to prove yeah, that right. something's happening. Weird. Weird. And and all he ends up wanting to do is get some kind of um, electronic massage thing. And then he goes out again. And the whole thing makes no sense. It's kind of like... Do you know what it's kind of like? Tell me. I think that it's that same directorial strategy of... We've got to shoot a bunch of stuff yeah. that we're going to cut into this to show you guys have been... You know, your characters have been... Um, like, not paid off, but, you know, we've been giving you some favours, right, by providing these girls for you that are not prostitutes because they're just girls being nice to you. But we'll cut bits in. Like, like just do do crazy stuff. Like, have fun. We want to show you're making a wild night. Because it does... It. We were both... Both of us said, how is this... How is this got story? anything to do with how anything? Is this? Yeah. And it does ever so slightly show us... Um, I thought Erickson character going off the rails and I don't know why that yeah. happens either and I, yeah. but it, ha- it does happen later on right yeah and well, so he, what, yeah, here's so, my theory okay, right, that got shot and instead of cutting it down they found it so hysterical they just put the whole thing in right because normally I, you know if you're doing that kind of like again that 70s thing we've got to get from A to B that style of directing where you put put people the characters in the room you say just try it out try this try that Doing it with those guys just and and those girls as well those women didn't work. It just I created would, this would... carry on film style. Yeah, you know. Of... But it was at least entertaining. I mean, <laughs> but not least no... of all because as soon as as soon as it, the blonde girl turned up, we yeah. both. I mean, she had a low cut dress on. Yeah, but yeah. they got some boobs in the film. Yeah, and we I have think... to justify having these boobs. In the film. And and here's the other thing. Okay, so the films. I wouldn't say it's necessarily adult. I don't even know what rating it is. I don't remember. 15. Yeah. Um, it's it's not necessarily adult. There might be some adult themes, you could say. But there's certainly moments where it's like... There is there is themes of, if you want, uh, sexual freedom. There's themes of relationship freedom. No real clear uh, boundaries between... Yeah, open relationships. Who, open relationships, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's with who and all that. And there would be moments where... It would be appropriate just to, to show nudity or to show that freedom. Um, but you see Sally Field's butt at the beginning and things like that. And it's it's kind of, it's covered up, it's soft. Yeah, everything's sort of covered up and soft. and But always, it's on that edge. And I, it's almost like they just threw in some boobs because they were allowed yeah, to. Yeah, look how, look how free we are. Look yeah. how free and easy. Look how yeah. uh, these guys live. Yeah, and, and these guys are the bad guys. Right. Oh, okay. And so well, they're the ones that get the boobs. I don't understand <laughs> it really. I'm not sure it, where you're going I, with that. I'm trying to make some sense don't out get, of don't it. Ma- don't make excuses. Too much. Film. Don't too make much. excuses. Yeah. But then what? So what then? <laughs> what no follows sense. that then no is that um, that R. G. Armstrong is so <clears throat> like wired from that night of drinking and rampaging and rutting, and he's taking these. He's sniffing something. We couldn't decide if it was amyl nitrate or poppers or smelling salts. I or, said smelling salts, right. but but I think the the suggestion is it's something a bit more narcotic. I think that. so, yeah. Um, and um, so he doesn't make it to the contest the next day, and Arnie needs him there. Which he's fronting the cash for the prize. He's cash. put all the money up, yeah. for it. and they kind of need this cash contest price, yeah. to beat these property developers away, really, yeah. don't they? Or yeah. at least raise the price, I it, guess. Or make a name for the gym, all sorts of things, right? Joe Santo is the man at yeah. the gym. Um, so then we finally get into probably 
the best well yeah definitely the best sequences in the film mm. because Jeff Bridges is is asking Arnold just before this contest about um why he's not bothered about mm. the fact that he took his woman in a way yeah and I'm going to have to paraphrase because it's by the lines down but Arnie's kind of warming up uh, and he's looking up at, at Jeff Bridges and he says I don't like to be too comfortable um and to keep moving forward, you've got to stay hungry. Yeah. And I mean, he says the title. He said the title of the film. It's great. He said it. It's great. And that, and I think it's the only point in the film where there's any sort of sense of philosophy or, or thematic resonance. And you do genuinely feel like, well, that's Arnie's mantra. That is Arnie's approach mm. to life. I think when we get on to the next film that we're going to talk yeah. about, we see a lot more of the dark side of that. Yeah. But um, um, it does resonate, and yeah. I think because Arnie's very, he's very charismatic in this, and he's playing one of the good guys. Uh, it sort of reminds you of like, oh well, this is what I came for, mm. you know. What happens after that? <laughs> and I think it's fair to say that that Jeff Bridges is seduced by the philosophy, sure, and that's what seduces him away from the money making scheme. Because Arnie, you get sorry, Joe Santo. You get the sense that he's kind of a, a self-made man, yeah. And I think Jeff Bridges' character was more of born into wealth, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think just that statement is there. You go. There's a theme that the movie's trying to talk about. It's not. It's not explicit. It's not. The movie's not trying to point to anything. If it is, it's failing. Right. There's a bit more of the class. We stuff. have to dig to find this stuff to say the things we're saying about it. Right. It's not good. It's just not well presented. It's not a good film. No, but I have to say, from that diversion into weird territory in the gym onwards, I really did have fun with the film. <laughs> and when, when uh, after the, the slightly distasteful sequence where Sally Field goes to find Thor, and I, I didn't, they didn't really make it clear, but he definitely assaulted her in some way. For sure, he was grabbing her. He yeah. Was, he was, but he was she's kind of like coming down the stairs, walking a bit funny, and it was there was I thought she's a bit been of a suggestion she's been hurt. That she's, she's been yeah, hurt. she's definitely been fiddled with. Yeah, if you'll excuse the terminology. <laughs> but what follows that actually is a really fantastic sequence of Jeff Bridges going to confront Thor. Yeah, and Thor just throwing everything in the gym at him. Yeah, it's a bit of like an epic fight. Yeah, and that is the scrap. A, that is, but it's a really messy, believable yeah. fight. And what was great about it was the naturalistic approach that the film had taken, that ramshackle approach, really paid off there. Agreed. Because you felt like these actors are in danger. Yeah, he's, he's really throwing weights. That was like. really yeah. R.G. Armstrong, and that was really Jeff Bridges. Yeah, no stuntman. And yeah. they get hit a couple of times. And Jeff Bridges looks like he really got hurt a couple yeah. of times. And they're throwing each other around. Yeah. And that culminates with... Uh, I mean, maybe a bit of foreshadowing of uh, the Terminator franchise here. <laughs> right, okay. They throw each other through the shop window. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought that sequence was actually really, really great and justified the watching of the film. Mm. And then we get the epic sequence that you were going to mention, which is, well, the iconic sequence. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the only thing I again, I, I mean, I said it. It's the if we're going to stretch it and say that this this film uh, makes any contribution to cinematic history. It is that it's it's 50 bodybuilders running down a street um, doing poses on the top of buses and, yeah, and taxis and yeah, yeah. backflips and stuff like that and jumping into people's arms and, and crowds of people around them posing. I, I think it's it was a real kind of advert, if you want, for bodybuilding. 
And although I'm not entirely certain about it, I believe a trend was growing. I think it was becoming more and more fashionable um, to at least be interested in it. And it, was, it was being recognised. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. I, it wasn't some Arnold obscure thing. Arnold is a thing. massive part of that. Let's Correct. Say, so. Yeah, he, 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 he is a massive part of that. And that, that continues. We'll talk more about that in, in the next film. I've got a weird side comment. I don't know if we'll allow it. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll get cut. But I'd like to say it anyway. You talked about foreshadowing. Yeah. And there was a completely different film that was foreshadowed for me, mm-hmm. uh, which was Inner Space. There's an almost identi- <laughs> identical scene that Jeff Bridges does, running after a car, running away, his love, his love going away. But this was after Ed Begley Jr. had been showing Sally Field his badge, which yeah. said... Zero defects. Which, as we know, yeah, is what Tuck Pendleton says about himself yeah. in inner space. It's kind of weird, right? And and I just thought, well, okay, he says the Tuck Pendleton method. The Tuck Pendleton, I thought it was machine. Machine. Zero defects. Yeah. I never got it when I was a kid. Watching this film now, I realised, so uh, Ed Begley Jr.'s character is... Um, uh, some kind of industrialist. Yeah, he runs, and yeah. he runs a he runs factory a factory, yeah. and he's received a pin, and one of only five people in the state, or even right, yeah. who to receive a pin that says his machinery has zero defects, and that then that only then makes that line in in a space makes sense. But then, so Sally Field is pissed off. Jeff Bridges' character is not paying her any attention at this, you know, this well-to-do party. With all these, um, uh, yeah, the class thing comes in there elites, again, where he yeah. has he has to schmooze and introduce Arnold to all yeah. of these important business people, yeah, and so she feels abandoned in her dress that's inappropriate, right. and she's a little working class girl that's yeah, not, so not she's insecure and all that part of the... And Jeff Bridges doesn't even notice; he's got his own thing going on. Yeah. He's worried about Arnie. He's trying to he's showing these interesting people off his girlfriend and Arnie these. These um, fascinations, if you want, yeah, of elite society that he can say, look at these guys that I'm hanging out with and and people are making fun of them and they all, they both feel awkward. And actually, they both have to leave the party early. Mm-hmm. Um, she's hanging out with Ed, the Ed Begley Jr. character. Um, trying, making, trying to make Jeff Bridges jealous. Trying to make him jealous, making a big deal about the zero defects thing. Later on, they return home and have a fight and she runs off in her car. And he's just got out of the shower. Wearing a towel. It's the it's same or, exact scene in the opening sequence of of in a space in a space. I can't remember. All he and needed to do was kick the car. That's as it. Was it. And lose his towel too. Oh, like, that's true. His towel got caught, caught in the taxi door of the I car. I would have liked that because it's Meg Ryan, isn't it? Meg Ryan's yeah, yeah, uh, and Dennis Quaid. Yeah. You know, Jeff Bridges is in good shape in this movie, and uh, yeah. he looked good in that towel. I kind of wanted to see his butt. I know you did. I know you were begging for it. You were wishing. I was Ed Begling Junior. Ed, for it. great. Great one. Uh, weird, weird sidetrack, but the, the comparisons are so strong. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just... It's a Ben and Alex conspiracy. It's a Ben and Alex conspiracy. It's possible that Joe Dante was a big fan of Stay Hungry and said, well, that film was shit. I've got a better film. Let's pay homage to this. Dennis Quaid looks kind of like Jeff Bridges. Away we go. Yeah, they could be brothers in the movie. Sure. There's just one, there's one, there's two other cast members actually that we haven't mentioned. One of them um, we didn't even recognise as this actor until the end credits, mm. which was Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers. Who is basically Jeff Bridges' slave. 
<laughs> I mean, he lives in his house and works for him. But his entire role in the film is to come in, find Jeff Bridges with a woman, and sort of disapprove until he quits. Yeah. That's that's his whole role. That is his whole role. But he's got these weird grey... Yeah. Maybe it's his hair, because I've only ever seen him as bald before. Scatman yeah. Brothers, for those that don't know, uh, is the caretaker of The Shining at the beginning mm. uh, that hands the place over to Jack Nicholson, the Jack Nicholson connection, yeah. um, and has the speech with Danny Lloyd. And he's also in uh, a film called Scavenger Hunt, and I don't know if it's the same Scavenger Hunt that's coming up on this anthology. Something to look forward to. Yeah, I don't know. But that would be two films that Scatman Crothers is in with Arnie. Well, maybe they got on. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like we're not... We're, we're missing out on Arnie... Because we're talking a lot about this film and I don't know how much Arnie has to do with it other than what we've already said. Yeah, he, and he is, he's not, he doesn't have a compelling character, unfortunately. Um, in the credits... And yet he's still the most interesting he's the, one. Yeah. To us, because yeah. he's gone on to be so massively successful. But he's, he's credited in this as and introducing Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger because... Yeah. Although he'd had a lead role in Hercules, he wasn't credited as Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, it was Arnold Strong. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, can I tell you something that I think will back up that? I don't think it's just the fact that we like Arnold um, that makes him such a relief when he turns up for all the madness. He actually won a Golden Globe for his performance in this film. That's amazing. You kept that from me. How about that? Yeah, I'm okay. Well, that says something, okay? For me, it was for acting, right? Yeah, it was for... Not for... Um, it was nice like, try. <laughs> no, it was like best debut or best breakthrough or something like that. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me at all because, um, again, this is a theme that I think is going to come up throughout for me. It's something that I've always commented on throughout his career. And that is, Arnie does just fine and and well and could even earn the title of good actor. When he's well cast and he's directed according to his range, his sensibilities. When he tries to move outside of his range, tries to do comedy or whatever, it rarely succeeds. Aside from a few films, which will come to True Lies. Um, I, I, you know, there's others where it just it 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 falls flat. You know, there's just and we'll come to plenty of that. And it, yeah, and it's nasty. And and we're going to have to go through those. He was it, he's really natural, and I think that. If there's one character in this movie that benefits from that naturalistic style of directing, it's Arnie. Mm. He's he's one of the few that just he actually never has a scene that looks though you're going what the hell or what weird or we never had that well, with him. Well, apart from the fiddle playing, but even then, it's like yeah, fair enough. So we'll look at it more in um, Pumping Iron. But there are so many elements of his character in Stay Hungry that relate to uh, the, just the way he's being normally himself in Bumping Iron. And I know at the beginning I said, I don't want this to turn into um, an analysis of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the man. Mm-hmm. I, I really want this to be looking at him in his films and his acting. The icon. Yeah, the icon. Yeah, and the brand as well. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about that and its place in the movie industry as a whole. Fine. Um, that's going to be unavoidable for the next one because it is about him, really. And it's about bodybuilding at that time, but he is the central character 
in, in that documentary. And it relates very closely to what's going on in this film. I think we both sort of have the sense that uh, these were possibly Pumping Iron and Stay Hungry films simultaneously to a degree. Yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if that orgy of bodybuilders charging the streets of Birmingham at the end was as a result of a contest happening at that time and Arnie saying, you know, I'm retiring from professional bodybuilding here. This is my next thing. I've done some acting. I'm going to pursue that. I can get all these guys for a big finale because let's face it, Bob, you don't have an ending. <laughs> I mean, it'd be amazing if it was him who came up with that idea. Yeah, well, Somebody else could have come up with the idea and he, he helped out execute it. Whatever was going on at the time with the timing of the film and the filming of Pumping Iron, uh, Arnie must have had a crew following him already because uh, Stay Hungry came out in 1976. I'm assuming yeah. filming started the year before, yeah. if not 74. So he's already training for his last contest. Well, what he thought at the time was his last contest in 75. Yeah. I think while obviously Arnie's... Um, body of work <laughs> has always Good been one. about his physique at this point in time um he's not stretching his range at all it's it is all about working out it's the actual exercise element of it mm. applying that to something other than showing your body off so using it as like a soldier or a warrior or anything like that is something that would come later um but I, I you know i genuinely think he's very good in this film yeah um golden globe he, he is a highlight he, he is a highlight in the film hmm. um it's not a great film but just for the the completely bonkers second half i i did enjoy that a lot more than hercules in new york hmm. what unfortunately i kind of wish it had just ended with all of those guys stood on top of cars and stuff, flexing their muscles, and they had just gone, you know what, we don't know either, the end. Uh, but it, it kind of tries to bring it back and reintroduce a voiceover element that we haven't heard since yeah. the first <laughs> scene of the film. Yeah, and again, that's, an, that's a thread that just is barely in the film, but doesn't no really... It's sort of like You Jeff, weren't even Jeff listening Bridges to the final story. dialogue yeah. of this film. We just talked over it. Yeah. We just checked out at that point. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's there is uh, there is a story of this this uh, rich southerner finding his way in life. Um, uh, his parents had died, you know, and he inherited all this wealth. Didn't know what to do with it, wasting his life away. Scatman Crothers' character, you know, angrily leaving and saying like your your grandma would be ashamed, yeah. you know. And there's no real resolution. There's just I'm going to keep partying, yeah. kind of. I'm going to keep doing this, and I don't know what what Do you happens. Know, the ending of this film would what have been happens? great if Sam Elliott's character from The Big Lebowski, yeah. if we just panned across to him, sat at a bar in the middle of that massive garden yeah. on the front of Jeff Bridges' house, <laughs> and he just looks straight down the barrel of the camera, sipping a beer, and just goes, well, that was some stuff that happened. <laughs> better. Better ending. <laughs> my ending better ending that's the, that's the yeah or, or like you said the kind of the fizzle out ending with like music and stuff and you know uh but again so so we're agreed whatever they were trying to do at the outset of this film it didn't we don't think they really work. achieved it, it work. didn't work if it's there we either missed it or we've got to dig too much to find it so not a good film 
I get that you enjoyed it uh, from a certain point onwards. I didn't. It just got worse and worse. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just, it, it didn't do anything for me so, from that point on. Um, beyond it being a curiosity to Arnold completists, yeah. in which we include ourselves, yeah. would you recommend it? Uh, no, absolutely not. I, I kind of would. But you but, just said beyond that, right? Beyond being yeah, a completist? Yeah. No, but I would because it's it, I, it's just one of those... If you, if you want to watch all of Arnie's films... silly films. If you want to watch all of Arnie's films in order, you have to watch it. It's a must-see. Well, that's not true because we're not watching every... Well, I'm certainly not watching every film he's been in. Well, we are skipping some. <laughs> There are some films where he's in only like one scene. We're going to watch those scenes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, were there any standout lines of dialogue for you? The one where he said the title. Yeah. And whatever he said, it was it, the only reason it stands out is not because it's a it's a line that I even think was written in the script. I think it's. Arnie saying his philosophy about bodybuilding, his work ethic, and what he thinks about the psychology he's created around continuing to move forward and stay hungry. I'm not even sure that the title of the film was created until he said that. Yeah, and it's not what the film is about, actually, is it? Stay hungry has nothing to do with what that Jeff Bridges story is about, really. Agreed, agreed. I don't think there's... Yeah, I agree with you, and I checked the IMDb... Uh, page for mm-hmm. any quotes that might be worth pulling. There are none listed. Yeah. Um, I, what I did find interesting though is at one point when um, Scatman Carruthers is leaving, he gives Jeff Bridges a condition and just as he is about to walk out the door Scatman Carruthers says I'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> It's the first time we hear I'll be back in an Arnie film. And later in the film, Thor Erickson character, um says of someone, he'll be back. Yeah. More foreshadowing, Alex. This might but, end up being a key text <clears throat> in the Arnithology. Yeah, but, you know, almost definitely, certainly, for sure, Probably pretty not. much, Probably yeah, not not deliberate, right? My um, Those lines are, are nothing to do with anything. They're just... Because people do say when they're going away and that they're going to return, that they're gonna, they'll be back. Just something people say, right? Yeah, I just think maybe Arnie was hanging around in the wings, heard that, and he's like, "That's I'll a good be back." That's a good catchphrase. I like that. <laughs> what are you, Welsh? That Arnold. Oh, great! It was good, man. I'll be back. I like that. Uh, one of the reasons why I think that the Joe Santo character is interesting in this film is because he's the only one with any goal or focus or drive. And if I am going to wrench out from the mess of this film a point, it is that. It is that the Joe Santo character can show that in amongst all this mess of people trying to achieve something and people trying to achieve something in the the, the sort of elite uh, classes, the the um, uh, property developers trying to make, make more money even by corrupt means, uh, the people who fighting in the bar uh, and uh, even the bodybuilders like scrabbling for you know attention and and success um the joe santo character stays confident throughout the whole time and he's balanced as well because he has that work ethic he has that belief yeah and his life is 
complete. It's It's got love in it, he's got friends, he's got fun, he works hard. He's the only character that you don't come... You come away from the movie thinking, that guy's not the completely bonkers one. Hmm. So we mentioned that there's lots of character actors that appear throughout this. Yeah. Is there anyone that you would take out, recast, and if so, who would you put in there? I mean, if you think the cast is perfect... You're an idiot, but more power to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As as much of a bag of crazy cats this whole thing is, I don't know who I could replace, uh, unless changing Sally Field, right? It's my number one. Dude. Like, that someone could play that character with a bit more sense to her motivation, that the, that the even still going on the emotional ups and downs that she goes on, right? That's fine. Mm. It's just the speed with which that she goes up and down through them without any kind of... And proclaims her love for Jeff Bridges as well. Like there's a scene where she says, I love you, and you just go, why? He kind of reacts that way too, right? <laughs> yeah, and but, doesn't he just say thanks? <laughs> yeah, he says, he, does, he says thanks, thanks. He pats her hand or something, <laughs> right. right? But she has just screamed and shouted at him as well. That was a good line, actually. Sorry, just to go back. Yeah. When she says to him, what is it that you want? And he's sitting in a chair, and he, he she's been... Yeah. nagging him for a few minutes yeah. there and he just goes I want to sit in the fucking chair that's it <laughs> it's it was a good line and it, and again so that's very it's very normal I wouldn't change Jeff he's fine he's fine he's not he's doing fine. anything particularly amazing in this no one is that's my point no. so maybe I have to just leave it because I'm not entirely certain that changing the Sally changing the actress swapping out Sally Field for somebody else in this film I really I, that's the only person right I can think that might might improve. Well, but you might end up with the same bag of crazy, right? I agree with you. Yeah, I've got a bet. I've got another one though. Okay, the Thor Eriksson character, right? Take out Archie Armstrong. Yeah, put in Rodney Dangerfield. Oh my god! I think that that um, scene of debauchery would have been an hour long instead of fifteen minutes if you included Rodney Dangerfield. I, I don't know what to say, because at the time, he was he was the thing, right? He was an interesting person. Yeah, performer. Big, big star, yeah. Yeah. Um, Imagine that. I, I can't... Yeah. On screen together, for the first time, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, I also think that there was an element of, like, weird and creep that uh, uh, Thor Erickson gave over that was crucial to that character. I'm not saying that Rodney Dangerfield couldn't play well a weird creep, well um, but he'd have to just put aside all of his, oh, you're all right, you know, all of his gags. I don't know that that would add. <laughs> so, so, so what you're doing is you're, you're trying to make the whole of the movie like the last half. That's what you want. Exactly. So you're saying more carry-on, and I'm saying less. Sid James would also yes, work in well, that we, part. We disagree. Sid James would be fine. <laughs> He'd be fine. Uh, actually, it would fit with the rest of the film. Him trying to do a southern accent. I don't think he could do it. Benny Hill, another one. It would be just as good as the rest. Imagine if, when all those bodybuilders are charging down the street at the end, there's also a bunch of nurses and Benny Hill <laughs> following. Yeah. And behind that, a Mardi Gras parade. You know, just like that sequence in uh, Naked Gun where... <laughs> Cue Benny Hill music now. <laughs> or whatever royalty-free version we can get. Yeah, I hope I never see this film again. Okay. Um, so, uh, in terms of the films that we are considering canon, where Arnold has a prominent 
credited role. We only have one prior to this, Hercules from New York. So that is by default our best and worst movie so far. It's been far. great, great so far. So film number two, Stay Hungry, 1976. If, we were, if, you were, if you were putting these into a ranking order, which comes top? Stay Hungry or Hercules? I think Stay Hungry, actually. I was going to say Hercules because it's a more enjoyable film all over to watch. But it's really, it is really painful. And I think I said the same thing last time, which is, I hope I never see this movie again. About Hercules. About Hercules. I'm almost certain that's what I said last time. Um, I feel the same, but seeing Arnie do a Golden Globe winning acting performance uh, means that this has to be number one now. Uh, so for me, Hercules slides down to number two. I agree with you. Uh, this It's Stay Hungry and then Hercules. Um for the reasons that you said, but also because I, I, I really enjoyed that second half. I really, no, I really did. I believe you. Um, I didn't enjoy so it. So that was Stay Hungry. Next time, something different in the Arnie canon. And a, and a really important film, I think. Indeed. Uh, Pumping Iron, 1977. Yeah. Uh, a documentary about not just Arnold, a bunch of bodybuilders going into the Mr. Universe and Mr. Olympia contests. The 1975 Mr. Olympia contest. Which I've not seen. A big, big black hole, I think. An important black hole in my Arnie knowledge. Yeah. And a big one to tick off. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. You've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Again, when I was young. You said it was really boring. Uh, my memory is that we struggled to get through it, me and my brothers. My feeling is that the film is saying nothing at all. And we're just watching lots of people doing weights. And, and, then, and then poses. Oiled up muscle men in poses. It... it in my my memory of it, it's not a documentary really at all. It's just some kind of bodybuilding expose. Can I shock you? Yep. That sounds like my new favourite film. Yeah. So, until next time then, I guess that's it. Wrong. No sequel for you. Bye. See ya. If you've been moved by any of the issues raised in this week's show or you'd like to offer us some abusive comments of your own, or maybe even a list of your favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger films, you can email us at thearnithology at gmail.com. Or, if you're Facebook, you can go to Facebook forward slash thearnithology. Didn't see that coming. If you're a Twitterer, find us on Twitter at thearnithology. Or you can visit our website, www.arnithology.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>